Reading our Bibles regularly can be a challenge, but we're all on this journey together. We're praying that this podcast inspires you, helps you better understand God's Word, and builds your faith. This is Join the Journey with your host, Emma Dodder. Thanks for joining and happy Thanksgiving. Today, we are studying Nehemiah 5, and I am in the podcast studio with the one and only Carson Smith. Here we are. So glad to be here. Thank you for having me on. You are welcome. I feel like it's been, I mean, we should have had you on way sooner. We're almost through year two of this podcast and you're just now coming in here. What a gift. It's good to be here with you guys. Thank you for inviting me. It's Thanksgiving, so I feel like we should share what we're thankful for. I mean, I'm ready. I'm thankful for all of the Join the Journey listeners who have left a review on this podcast as I have unashamedly begged week after week. Bring those reviews, people. Submit them. We are so grateful. Carson, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful for, um, honestly, this year I've learned a ton about what it means to walk in pace with Jesus' pace. Mm. And I have a a long list of things that I've just grown to be more and more grateful for over this year and deepening that as a result of what God's been teaching me. So um, I'm thankful for my bride who has walked tirelessly with me through it. And um, she has been a gift to me. That's amazing. Carson, tell us a little bit more about you. How has Jesus changed your life and what are you up to today? Yeah. Oh, I appreciate you asking. I, I grew up, uh, my parents are believers, are still married today, and they discipled us really, really well um, throughout elementary school. And at 12, I would say I committed my life to following Jesus. Mm-hmm. I was baptized by my dad, and it was a really sweet moment and uh, time of my life. And then in the next really six to seven years, junior high, high school, I was a chameleon. Mm. I morphed into whatever the people around me needed me to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, you know, entrenched in pride or insecurity or control or people pleasing. And I really struggled throughout junior high and high school. Mm. And my identity was all over the place. And uh, at 19, after being a chameleon for a long time, I met a group of guys in Aggieland, beloved Aggieland. Giggum. Yes. Giggum beautiful Aggies. place. And uh, those group of guys just taught me what it looked like to um, boldly but simplicity, obediently follow the scriptures. And the bold simplicity of obedience, how it is not overly complex. Mm. Let's open up God's word. Let's believe it is true. We know that it brings life. Let's obey it, confess sin. And I had never seen anything like that. Cool. And uh, that changed my life. So here I am now. Uh, I've been married now 12 and a half years to Kelsey. Amazing. Shout out, Kelsey. Come on. And uh, we have three boys who are seven, five, and two. So oh, they our keep house, you busy, I'm sure. We do a lot of wrestling. Nice. Balls, books, blocks, Love and it. more wrestling. So. You step on Legos often? Often. It's tough. Watch out. It's tough. Well, Carson, I'm excited for you to share with us from Nehemiah 5. But before we do, I want to know what you do for work. What what keeps you busy when you're not at home? Yeah, yeah. I get to serve and lead in Watermark CDC, the Community Development Corporation. Not the Center for Disease Control. That is true. Not the, uh, it's a lesser famous CDC. Mm-hmm. Um, but one day maybe. Hey, you never know. You, you never, never know. know. Um, so our, our vision with CDC is to transform economic welfare. And it goes back to Jeremiah 29, 7, that we'd seek the welfare of the city. And we'd pray for them that the city's peace would be our peace or the city's welfare would be our welfare. And our mission is to further the name of Jesus. 
by deploying God's people and resources to meet the most strategic and economic needs in our community. So what does this look like? Yeah, practically. I'm, yeah. I'm curious. We, um, we are coming alongside Watermark South Dallas Church Body and uh, the neighbors and community that are living in South Dallas, the two zip codes right around historic South Dallas and Fair Park. And uh, that is the our strategic focus. And our, what I get the front row seat of is seeing a lot of life change. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have now uh, 12 team members um, and seeing those team members become more and more like Christ, uh, more and more on a daily basis of how they're serving and leading and using their gifts. And uh, our 175 volunteers who we are grateful wow. for and seeing those volunteers use their skills, uh, their gifting to love our city, to be missionally uh, engaging uh, with individuals and building relationships with people. And then ultimately in our neighbors, the individuals we are getting to serve. And, uh, and are they, those volunteers acting as business coaches or consultants or what? what is their role? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The volunteers can serve in all kinds of different capacities, okay. whether that's in a hospitality role, mm-hmm. um, um, helping serve, set up, break down, whether that's in a one-to-one relationship or one-to-few relationship, like an advocate or a mentor. Got it. A small group leader. And then we also have teaching roles. Um, so anything from business coaches all the way down to uh, facilitators and who are teaching the actual content day in, day out. So those 175 volunteers, they get after it, and they're working hard, and uh, it is awesome to see ministry happen through those individuals. And then ultimately, our neighbors who are experiencing the economic transformation, you know, it's gospel-centered, but individuals who have been disenfranchised or maybe under-resourced or lacking opportunity, having their life be changed is really special to watch. That's super special, Carson. We will put the link for the Watermark CDC Community Development Corporation in the episode description. If that interests you, you want to learn more, jump in and serve, I'm confident Carson and his team would love to have you. Mm-hmm. But we got to get to Nehemiah 5. Let's do it. So, Carson, what what'd you notice as you read and studied this chapter? What'd you observe? What stood out? Yeah. Well, first, I have benefited a ton from studying Nehemiah. I have been in it a lot in the last 18 months. Just I love that. Personally, and have learned a ton from Nehemiah's response, what God's word has to say about it, mm-hmm. um, and how he just positions himself um, as a leader and as a servant in his community. And that's been really beneficial to me. So when I first just dove in on chapter five, uh, you know, jumps off the page of what is happening. Mm-hmm. What's the context? Um, poverty just jumps off the page uh, from a place of uh, what symptoms are being felt and how that reaction is is coming out. So uh, I saw just descriptions of powerlessness, enslavement, economic instability, uh, individuals feeling like they were lacking dignity or didn't have an opportunity for their voice mm-hmm. to be heard. And uh, that just jumped off the page. That's, I guess, right there in verses one through five. Yeah, and just the first few verses, how individuals are um, just experiencing hardship Mm -hmm. and what does that create in their life uh, as a result of, you know, famine that has taken place in the land, but also just as a result of uh, decisions by leaders and how that uh, impacts their life. And then you see in verse six, Nehemiah's response to it. Mm -hmm. And uh, Nehemiah just being an example of, I just started to walk through these next few verses and examine my own heart and life of uh, what in Nehemiah's response is similar or dissimilar in the way I respond. Mm. Um, so, when, What in Nehemiah's response 
is similar or dissimilar to the way we respond. Yeah, and how we love our city and how we love our neighbors. And this can be true for your neighbor next door, my neighbor next door. This can be true for macro issues in our city that um, we feel compelled or convicted to address. But Nehemiah defends the vulnerable. Mm. Uh, These individuals, his neighbors, are vulnerable. Uh, They're in a vulnerable spot. So first I see him in verse 6. It says, when I heard their outcry, so first, Nehemiah listened. Mm. He, he listened. And so often I can bring my bias of confirmation or my own life experience. Instead of listening, I project and I try to solve. Um, but Nehemiah's response was, I heard. And I truly listened with you know genuine listening. And is that true for me? And how do I go about that on a daily basis? So listening to my neighbors, what are their needs? What's happening around them? And then uh, it carries on into uh, later in, in verse uh, 7, it says he pondered those needs, um, pondered those charges that were, that were brought to his mind and uh, to his attention. And so he understood them. He sought to understand. He, he had to create margin mm. in his life, which I am the chief. Worst. Oh, me too. I'm not. I'm not good at that. It's hard. It uh, is hard to create margin in your life to slow down and thoughtfully process what you just heard, Mm -hmm. and thoughtfully process. Hey, someone's going through hardship. Whether it's my neighbor next door, a roommate, family member, or something happening in a macro issue in our city, they're going through hardship. How can I better understand that? How can I sit on it and process? How can I ponder it? Mm-hmm. I'll pray through it. What does that look like to understand the, the needs that are really taking place? And it caused him to be angry. You see right. that in verse six, and then carries on throughout the rest of the chapter. Like he was ticked. He was angry. Mm-hmm. And how that anger didn't lead to sin. The anger led to action with righteousness. And his anger, our anger, your conviction, my conviction on an issue that um, you know, is happening around us is that uh, it can be a godly anger. Like it can be a godly response to uh, hardship and the vulnerable um, that are expressing, you know, their needs or their, their ultimately their desires. And so he acts mm-hmm. and he doesn't just sit on it. And his conviction of his heart moves to the conviction of his head. Mm. And then it moves to the conviction of his hands. And he does. And he does. And so lastly, you know, in the verses following, he, the, he and the leaders do as they say, and they follow through. And what does that mean for my life? How often do I hear of a need, and I, because my life is too busy, I'm haphazard, not being thoughtful, and I actually don't follow through. Mm-hmm. Or how often do we get angry and allow our anger to take over in a way that we are not led to react in righteousness? That's right. Yeah. I think that it can be tempting. It's very tempting because I think ultimately it, it can lead to more division. It could lead to more fragmenting, mm-hmm. um, more conflict. So how are we, you know, combining Matthew 5 that we blessed are the peacemakers. Right. While we also process through the kingdom ethic of how do we engage in that need mm-hmm. in a righteous manner, not in haphazard or brokenness and not in complacency or ignorance. Sure. If that makes sense. And we're not the savior. Yeah. Like how do we how do we introduce Jesus into that? Name? Yeah. Yeah, and I just see that at the end of the chapter time and time again and even just throughout all of Nehemiah itself like Nehemiah consistently is praying. You can see his devotion mm-hmm. to prayer, he's passionate about prayer. 
Um, but at the end of the chapter, you know, in, in uh, verse 15, he did all of this out of reverence to God. Mm. And even at the end of 19, the very verse, last verse of the chapter, yeah, he says, God, remember me. Mm-hmm. Um, that you would give us favor in in this work because he's doing this to serve um, his people. And ultimately, he's doing it out of reverence to God. So that it would not be about glory to myself, glory to organization or another entity, but the glory to God. And that is our heart, uh, my heart uh, for Watermark CDC, for my life. And I miss there often and make it about myself or make it about an entity or organization. But how do we as a people, the people of God, serve God in a way that he allows us to be uh, leading us and then at the same time, it's all for his glory and not for ours. That's right, Carson. Thank you for being here. We're out of time. I wish we could keep keep talking. So we're going to have to have you back. Man, what a treat. Thank you for having me on. Happy are, Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. You are so welcome. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. The Join the Journey podcast is produced by Watermark Community Church in Dallas, Texas. You can learn more about Watermark by connecting with us on social media. Just search Watermark Church, all one word. And to read along with us, visit jointhejourney.com. And thank you guys for listening.